Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you again for just being with us as we continue on this journey, studying the Word of God and learning together. Today we will continue our series on how to avoid running on empty. And we're going to continue more and speak more on glorifying God. I thought that we would move on to a second part, but I really wanted to just uh, expound on what we were talking about, how that the book of uh, Romans one twenty one talks about how man progressively leaves God. First, they don't glorify God. They're unthankful. They have evil imaginations. They have an evil heart. And I'm paraphrasing here. But what I'm saying is that these are progressive steps. As men leave God, they become wickeder in their imaginations, their ways. They, the Bible says they call evil good or good evil. Or they hold the scripture, the, they, they, they hold the truth in unrighteousness. I believe that's Romans 1.20. And as we study the word of God today again, not only when I'm talking about glorifying God and praise and in worship, and one definition of glorifying is to magnify God. And you know, whenever you magnify something, you make it bigger. You, uh, many of us have looked through microscopes or, you know, even through a magnifying glass, how you can make the most smallest, tiniest thing. You can make it big so you can get its definition. And we know in ourselves, in our minds, <clears throat> we can't make God bigger. But what we're doing are, is we are making God bigger to us. Because <clears throat> God is God with our glory or not. The Bible says that <clears throat> when they talk to Jesus, as that the children and the people were speaking out to him, saying, Hosanna to the king, Hosanna to the son of David, as he came into um, Jerusalem, and as he rode upon a donkey, as he came in, and the Pharisees and those religious people says, do you hear what these people are saying? Jesus said, if these hold their peace, he said, even the very rocks will cry out. They will begin to glorify me because God, they were praising the God in him. He was God in flesh. And so, yes, our praise, our worship, our keeping a, 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 a heart to just give God a, a, all that we have. But whether you praise him, whether I praise him or not, he's still God. He's still Lord of all, King of kings, Lord of lords, God of gods, and he reigns in the kingdom of men. And God, the Bible says that the heaven of heaven belongs to the Lord, but the earth has he given to the children of men. So for right now, in this time, uh, a space of time that we live on this earth now, God gave it to Adam. Satan uh, stole it from him. And Jesus took all that authority back from Satan and gave it to the people and children of God. So yes, we must glorify God in praise and in song and in worship and in dance and all of those things. But I think Jesus said, uh, gave a spoken scripture. He says that uh, these people... He said, you cry. Let me, matter of fact, let me go read that. Let me go to uh, the verse of scripture. I want to read that because I have some other scriptures around it that I want to read. I believe it's over in the book of uh, St. Luke, St. Luke 646. Let's read that. St. Luke 646 says, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. So in other words, they were recognizing him as a Lord, as a master, as uh, they called him rabbi, called him teacher. But many refused to call him God. And then he goes on to say, whosoever comes to me and hear my sayings and do them, I will show you to whom he is like. So these are the people that the Lord, uh, as we read uh, in the previous lesson, how 
uh, the, when the Lord was speaking to Eli in 1 Samuel 2.30, he said, him that honor me, so will I honor. He said, but God went alone to say, if you do not honor me, he said, him I will lightly esteem. And so here Jesus is saying, he said, I hear you calling my name. You, because he fed them. He took two fish and five loaves of bread and fed thousands. He healed the multitudes uh, uh, as they the Bible said they cast them at his feet and he healed them. Uh, he opened the blinded eye. He opened the deaf ear. He uh, uh, healed the cripple. He restored uh, the maimed. I'm talking when a person is maimed, that means that you are missing a member. It could be a hand. It could be a leg. It could be a foot. It could be an eye. But he restored it better than it was before. And so they saw these things, but they praised him with their lips. But they did not honor him as God. And he said, why? Because this is what Jesus said in the 47th verse. Whosoever cometh to me and hear my saying and do them, I will show you to who he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep, laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood came and the stream beat vehemently, in other words, violently, it was a violent rainstorm upon that house and could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. So he says, not only did this person hear me, but they do the things that I say. But he goes on to say in that 49th verse, but to he that hears me and does not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against whom the stream did beat vehemently. Again, it was a violent stone and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. So, and just to summarize what he's saying is, do more than just say, than, than, than praise me with your lips, but honor me by doing the things that I say. And this is where, uh, uh, when we were speaking of Romans 1.21, how the Lord said, they, they stopped glorifying me. In other words, not only did they stop praising me and honoring me as God, and, you know, there was a time when, People were around the, uh, they knew you were a Christian or a minister or whomever. They at least acknowledged God, the God in you. And, you know, they wouldn't curse or use foul language or things of that nature. Today, not only will they curse, they'll curse you out. And, and, uh, and, and the reason I'm saying is because they esteem God lightly. God has no base for them. Matter of fact, they use his name in vain because they, have, they don't honor him. God holds no position. But if God in his glory were to appear to them, they would, the Bible says there is coming a day that he's going to appear before every man, woman, and child. He said, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He said, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue, you're going to speak it out your mouth. I will, you will, every person born upon this earth will cry out that Jesus Christ is Lord. So this facet of glorifying God is not only do we praise him and honor him and extol him in song, in dance, in, in worship, in, 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 in the things that we do. Again, our praises, you know, it, it, we, we put prominence on him. As another word, uh, <clears throat> it's called preeminence, where we make him first. We put him above everything. We set him on a, on a place. We give him high esteem, high honor because he is God. 
And as we read this this morning, this is what we're, I'm talking about today is about glorifying God, glorifying him, giving him glory, giving him honor. And we'll have a couple of examples today. We just continue on this subject about glorifying God and how to avoid running on empty. Because when you're running on empty, you're looking and you're saying, oh my, my, you know, the enemy will tell you, oh, you know what? You prayed today, but your prayer didn't get above the ceiling. Your prayers don't have to get above the ceiling. Christ is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. God is in you in the, in the, in the form of his Holy Spirit. So you don't have to worry about your prayers going above the ceiling. You don't have to worry about the ceiling being brass over your head. Christ is in you. And you simply have to acknowledge it. Believers Philemon says, acknowledge those good things that lie within you. He said, your faith becomes effectual. In other words, to have an effective faith, you acknowledge God in you. Not, I hope I will. You know, I pray, I, I believe my prayers went. No, they did. Jesus said, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. We read uh, in the last lessons, Matthew uh, 7 and 7. He said, everyone that asketh, receiveth. 7, 8. Everyone that knocks, it is open. You seek, you find. It's there for you. It's here. It's in the spirit. We just need to step over, reach over rather, into the spirit and bring it back by faith and, and, and trust God for its manifestation. So again today, talking about giving God glory and that glory takes another step. And again, I just want to just bring this point out about glorifying God. Yes, we should praise him with the with the uh, in in the with our lips with our with in song in 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 word but also in deed and trust in faith that is giving glory to God when Jesus said that unless we come unto him as a little child we shall in no wise enter into heaven because we trust him as being our provider so let's go now to the book of first uh, Samuel we're going to go today to first Samuel 16 chapter and we're going to read about Samuel and his choice of king, or rather God's choice for king, and how that Samuel had to give glory and honor to God. And see, again, we honor God when we trust him, when we trust him when he speaks to us. In the Old Testament, again, many times he spoke to them in an audible voice that they could hear. And to us, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit within us, so he speaks to that inner man. We have a new spirit. See, Samuel didn't have what we have. Samuel had the Holy Spirit. The anointing was upon him. But what we have, we have, that's why it's called the better covenant. We don't have to bring God down because God resides on the inside. That new man is in you. That's the spirit of God. Not a spirit of God, but is the spirit of God residing on the inside of you. That's why he said, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against thee, you shall condemn because you got the power, you have the anointing, and you glorify God when you use the power that he gave you. Let's read now. First, cha first Samuel, 16th chapter. We're going to start reading at the first verse. First Samuel, 16th chapter, first verse. And the Lord said to Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing I rejected him? reigning over Israel. 
He told him, fill your horn with oil. Go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have, I have provided me a king among his sons. See, Samuel had a connection, and this connection was that he walked with God. He was faithful. He was faithful as a child. He continued faithful as a man. And then as an old man, he was faithful. And this is what honored God because God continued to speak with Samuel. He continued to tell him the things that he, would, he wanted him to do. And Samuel listened and he obeyed. And he glorified God by honoring the, his dedication as a child and the things that he had learned. And he had saw the example of Eli, how Eli had uh, 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 turned away from God. But Samuel kept his eyes on God, kept following him. And not only did he hear him, but he was willing to obey him. See, we have to listen to God, then obey God. It's one thing to listen and to hear great revelations. Scripture says in the New Testament, many, they, uh, they, 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 they hear the truth, but they never come to the knowledge of it. They, they consume the Bible. They go to this uh, revival, this revival, go to this prophet, that prophet, always seeking the word, but they never come to the uh, knowledge of it where that knowledge, that knowledge uh, bring forth obedience within them. And that obedience in the New Testament is when we have faith in it. That's our obedience. Our obedience is faith in what we hear. And that faith will cause us to, to do it. And see, um, when we hear preach, grace is preached to many, and that's why so many hold uh, the teaching of grace in, uh, uh, lack of a better word, disdain, or they, 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 uh, they, they, don't, they don't honor it. They put it down. They say, yes, we're saved by grace, but that's more to God. We're going to go beyond grace. How can you go beyond Jesus Christ? Jesus is grace. The Bible says, by grace are we faith, saved through faith that not of ourselves is the gift of God. The gift of God is Jesus Christ, which is grace. So many have said that, oh, you know, and I believe that grace will cause you to live holy. Grace mixed with faith will cause us not just to receive uh, uh, the, 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 the forgiveness of sin, but it will propel you on to say, you know what? I'm going to not only receive the gift of salvation, but I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to walk in the power and authority of God. And I'm going to consume the word of God that those things, those sins which so easily beset me while I was a sinner. Those things that uh, when I didn't have knowledge, I received them by, by faith. I act on them. I, it causes me as a husband to be faithful to my wife. It causes me as a father to provide for my children. It causes me as a friend to show myself friendly and to treat my friends fairly and justly and show love and kindness. I don't do it perfect, perfectly, but it causes me to have, it brings forth that desire to say, you know what, Lord? You said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So I'm going to show mercy. He said, you know, as you have received, so freely give. He gave me love freely. So I've got to show love to those who are unlovely. Why? Because by grace, he showed me love. By grace, I show love to others. This is walking in grace. And this is walking in faith. See, we are more than just, we must be more than just grace people. We are faith people also. We walk by faith. That faith says, you know what? Although I may not, I receive it, yes, by grace. But also, I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to be 
a faithful employee. I'm going to be a faithful husband or wife. I'm going to be a uh, honoring son or daughter. I do this because I love them. I, you love your wife. You love your spouse. You love your uh, uh, children. You give honor to your job. You're thankful for your job. All of these things are involved in grace. No, grace is not just the knowledge that I am forgiven of sin, but the grace will also propel me to walk by faith and to honor God by doing the things that he says. There is a do on this, also within grace, which is called faith. And we marry the two. And when they are, they push, it takes us on from uh, uh, from, from, from babes in Christ where we receive the word we receive correction and we go on with God and as Jesus said why call ye me Lord Lord and do not the things that I say alright so let's go on now as we read about Samuel and as Samuel the Lord tells him that why are you mourning over Saul God said I rejected him and then Samuel said in the second verse he says how can I go he says, I leave, Saul will hear it, and he's going to kill me. And what did, And see, I love this because Samuel knew that there was a, uh, there was a bounty on anybody that talked about David. Because Saul had, had, had uh, not David, but as a new king. Because Samuel had already prophesied and told him that God had uh, found him another king. He had found someone who was going to replace him because of Saul's disobedience and Saul's love for people. He honored people over God. And we don't have time now, but maybe one day we'll study the life of, of David and the life of Saul. But one of the things I think we should, we should bring out today is one thing that hindered one of the major obstacles. And I would say the major obstacle for Saul was he, he, he let the voice of man overrule the voice of God or his, or his love for man. Meaning, when I say love for man is he preferred them. When the enemy was coming in and Saul had told him, wait till I come, we're going to sacrifice. Then you go out to battle and you're going to win. Well, Saul, uh, Samuel rather, was delayed. And Saul saw the people, the enemy was there, they're getting ready to fight, and no Samuel. The day was approaching, time was approaching, and it was only lawful for the priest to offer the sacrifice. Or the man of God to offer sacrifice, and that's who Samuel was. But, because he did not come and to look good in the eyes of man, Saul went and offered sacrifice. And the Bible says as soon as he did it, here comes Samuel. And he said, what'd you do? And he said, for the fear, the people were leaving me because of the fear of man. And he didn't do this once. He did it again. He did it when God told him, he sent him out on another mission. So I go to your enemy. He said, kill everything. And it's a long story about how that, you know, why God would time, at time tell nations because of the evil that they did. He said, don't leave anything breathing. Not the animal, not the people, nothing. I don't, if it's living, kill it. And what did they do? Sam, Saul went out, went to battle. God gave him victory. They spared the best of the people. They spared the king, the best of the animals. And they offered sacrifice of the animals that they captured. But see, in their day, you gave God glory from the things that you possessed. So they didn't want to take from, the, from what they had and give her sacrifice. They said, oh, we'll get these animals where God told us to kill. We'll kill them. 
then I don't lose anything. It doesn't cost me nothing. But see, that speaks so much of what, who we are as Christians, how that there are times when God asks us to give up certain things. He may ask you to make a major decision where it may look like you're going to lose, but you never lose in God. But I know I've left the, 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 the main subject, but what I'm trying to say is in giving glory to God, you must, man must always be second. I don't care if the man's your husband. And God is never going to tell you to do something sinful and say, okay, you go do this. And, and, and you know, it hurts your wife spiritually or naturally or hurts your husband spiritually or naturally, even for his ministry. God always wants uh, the marital relationship to be there between husband and wife. And he's not going to do anything to sever that. But he's always going to uplift it. And he will give you wisdom on how to be a man of God or a woman of God. If your husband, if you're the lead, if you're the uh, spirit, if you're the called one in the family to in the ministry, whether you're male or female, God will always uplift that family and build and, and build the uh, uh, the bond in marriage. That's what he will do. And we know people have um, make issues and problems, but my whole point is we bring glory to God when we obey Him. When God is first, when He is the head, we'll always discover that God will cause everything to arise, and we will be blessed, 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 blessed. So let's go on and get ready to finish uh, this morning. So as we move forward, we'll see now. Here we are. Closing out this teaching, what did God tell Samuel here in, uh, in, in the book of six, in Samuel 9, 16? He says, he's going to kill me. Next thing he says is, God gave him a plan and said, this is what you do. Go and call a sacrifice at Jesse's house. He said, I'll show you what to do. So Samuel not only had to take this trip, which the king found out exactly what he was doing, he was going to kill him. But now, this is what he's doing. He says, I'm going to give you an assignment. You go make this sacrifice, and you stop by Jesse's house, and I'm going to make all things well. But the Lord said to Samuel in the seventh verse, I'm going to back up a little bit. He told him first, in the fifth verse, he said, he sanctified Jesse and his son, and said, call all to sacrifice. And when it came to pass, he says, every one of the sons passed before Samuel. First thing he did, he looked on long, tall, handsome Eliab. And he said, this is the one. I fulfilled my mission. Everything is over. Let me get this all and pour on him. And the Lord said, hold up. Don't look on his countenance, on his stature, because I have refused him, saith the Lord. And he says, the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then all of the other sons passed before him. And the way Samuel was honoring God, that he was listening. He didn't just ask of God and then go do something. But when, once he asked him, he got direction. And every, every son that passed by, God said, nope, not him. Nope, not him. Nope, not him. And the Bible in the 10th verse says, And Jesse came to the seventh son to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord didn't choose none of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all these your children? And what did he say? I've got one more. And 
he sent for David. Now here David was out in the with the sheep. I think so. You know when he came back, he probably was sweaty, a little dirty. You know, got to hurry up and come see. And what did God do? God told Samuel. He said, "I am not going to sit down until the man that God has chosen come before me." I'm gonna read that eleventh verse. He said to Samuel, "Send him and fetch, for we will not sit down till he come." And he sent him. And the Bible describes David as saying he was ruddy with a beautiful countenance, good to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. He gave glory to God because this is how Samuel gave glory. He was willing to not only act of God, but to listen to God. And then when the Lord said to anoint the smallest, the youngest one, the one that the father did not give honor to by inviting him. David wasn't even invited to the party. How would you feel? You know, here you come, you're the last one coming. Everybody else dressed up for the party. And you come in in your work clothes. And the man of God said, that's the one. Because Samuel was willing, not only again. And I'm, I'm emphasizing this point. That he was willing not only to ask of God which was giving him glory. But he listened to God when God said uh, to anoint him. And then he obeyed him by pouring the oil. And the greatest king that's beyond Jesus Christ that ever ruled over Israel was David. Simply because this man of God gave honor to God by listening, hearing, and following those directions in obedience. I pray again that this message has been something to you, that it means something to you, that our obedience to God means something to him. We honor him when we walk before him. We honor God by stepping out in faith. That's our, that's our obedience by hearing what God says and say, you know what, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And when we do this, God is honored. He's glorified. Things happen for you. Anointings uh, uh, yokes are broken, chains are destroyed, healings come because that man or woman of God said, yes, Lord, I will give you glory by, by trusting that you know more than I. And because you do, all is well. Father, we thank you for this teaching today. Thank you again, Lord, for just your wonderful, kind, and glorious mercy you've given to us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his blood. Thank you for everyone that listened to us on today's broadcast. We pray for those who are lost, O oh Lord, that they will come unto you. And if you are here and you're not saved, I pray you just say this simple prayer, Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the blood that was shed for me. I thank you that he died and rose again on the third day. And I receive him as my Savior. And today, O oh Lord, I become part of the family of God. I pray these things in Jesus' name till we meet again on journeys in grace.